Welcome to the Bible 365 podcast. My name is Randy Gudo, and it is day 156. Our reading for today is coming from 2 Samuel chapters 23, verses 24 through 39, and chapter 24, Acts chapter 3, Psalm chapter 123, and Proverbs chapter 16, verses 21 through 23. The translation I'm using throughout this podcast is the English Standard Version, also known as the ESV, and our format is the One Year Bible. Let's read. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 24 through 39. Asahel, the brother of Joab, was one of the thirty. Elhanan, the son of Dodo of Bethlehem. Shammah of Herod. Elikah of Herod. Helez, the Paltite. Ira, the son of Ikesh of Tekoa. Abiezer of Anathoth. Mabunai, the Hushathite. Zalman, the Ahohite. Maharai of Natophah. Heleb, the son of Baana of Natophah. Ittai, the son of Ribai of Gibeah, of the people of Benjamin, Benaiah of Pirathon, Hiddai of the brooks of Gaash, Abai Alban, the Arbathite, Asmaveth of Behurim, Eliabah the Shealbanite, the sons of Jashan, Jonathan, Shammah the Herorite, Ahiam, the son of Sherar the Herorite, Eliphalet, the son of Ahazbai of Maacah, Eliam, the son of Ahithophel the Gilanite, Hezro of Carmel, Peari the Arbite, Igel the son of Nathan of Zobah, Bani the Gadite, Zelek the Ammonite, Neherai of Beroth, the armor-bearer of Joab the son of Zeruria, Ira the Ithrite, Gareb the Ithrite, Uriah the Hittite, thirty-seven in all. Second Samuel chapter 24 Again the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he incited David against them, saying, Go, number Israel and Judah. So the king said to Joab, the commander of the army who was with him, Go through all the tribes of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, and number the people, that I may know the number of the people. But Joab said to the king, May the Lord your God add to the people a hundred times as many as they are, while the eyes of my lord the king still see it. But why does my lord the king delight in this thing? But the king's word prevailed against Joab and the commanders of the army. So Joab and the commanders of the army went out from the presence of the king to number the people of Israel. They crossed the Jordan and began from Aurora, and from the city that is in the middle of the valley, toward Gad and on to Jazer. Then they came to Gilead, and to Kadesh in the land of the Hittites. And they came to Dan, and from Dan they went around to Sidon, and came to the fortress of Tyre and to all the cities of the Hivites and the Canaanites." And they went out to the Negev of Judah at Beersheba. So when they had gone through all the land, they came to Jerusalem at the end of nine months and twenty days. And Joab gave the sum of the numbering of the people to the king. In Israel there were eight hundred thousand valiant men who drew the sword, and the men of Judah were five hundred thousand. But David's heart struck him after he had numbered the people. And David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. But now, O Lord, please take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. And when David arose in the morning, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Gad, David's seer, saying, Go and say to David, Thus says the Lord, Three things I offer you. Choose one of them, that I may do it to you. So Gad came to David and told him, and said to him, Shall three years of famine come to you in your land? Or will you flee three months before your foes while they pursue you? Or shall there be three days' pestilence in your land? 
Now consider and decide what answer I shall return to him who sent me. Then David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Let us fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercy is great, but let me not fall into the hand of man. So the Lord sent a pestilence on Israel from the morning until the appointed time. And there died of the people from Dan to Beersheba seventy thousand men. And when the angel stretched out his hand toward Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord relented from the calamity and said to the angel who was working destruction among the people, It is enough. Now stay your hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Arana the Jebusite. Then David spoke to the Lord when he saw the angel who was striking the people and said, Behold, I have sinned, and I have done wickedly. But these sheep, what have they done? Please let your hand be against me and against my father's house. And Gad came that day to David and said to him, Go up, raise an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arana the Jebusite. So David went up at Gad's word, as the Lord commanded. And when Arana looked down, he saw the king and his servants coming on toward him. And Arana went out and paid homage to the king with his face to the ground. And Arana said, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? David said, To buy the threshing floor from you, in order to build an altar to the Lord, that the plague may be averted from the people. Then Arana said to David, Let my lord the king take and offer up what seems good to him. Here are the oxen for the burnt offering and the threshing sledges and the yokes of the oxen for the wood. All this, O king, Arana gives to the king. And Arana said to the king, May the Lord your God accept you. But the king said to Arana, No, but I will buy it from you for a price. I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for fifty shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord responded to the plea for the land, and the plague was averted from Israel. Acts chapter 3 Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the Beautiful Gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us, as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One 
and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken, from Samuel and those who came after him, also proclaimed these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first, to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. Psalm chapter 123 To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maidservant to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God, till He has mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we have had more than enough of contempt. Our soul has had more than enough of the scorn of those who are at ease, of the contempt of the proud. Proverbs chapter 16, verses 21 through 23. The wise of heart is called discerning, and sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. Good sense is a fountain of life to him who has it, but the instruction of fools is folly. The heart of the wise makes his speech judicious and adds persuasiveness to his lips. Our devotional today is going to come from Acts chapter 3. I love this chapter. It's one of my favorite chapters in the book of Acts. I love in verse 1 where it says that Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. So you could see there was a level of consistency and some routine, which is really good. The church has by this time been around, some say maybe one or two years. So that's how much time may have elapsed between the previous chapter that we just read. You know, you can be reading the book of Acts and move from one chapter to another and maybe years have gone by. So they are on their way to the temple to pray and they see this man who is crippled, laid at the beautiful gate where he would ask money from people. And he does. He asks money from Peter and John. And then verse 4, I love how it says this, and Peter directed his gaze at him. I wonder what that would have looked like. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. Now, there's so much that we could unpack in this chapter. Even the humility of Peter and John after this man got healed thousands of people around them. And what do they say? Why are y'all looking at us as though by our power or piety, this man stands whole? And they directed everything towards Jesus. They preached the death, the resurrection of Christ. And as we'll see in this next chapter, tomorrow's reading, 5,000 
men came to Christ because of that one miracle. They knew what to do with the power of God. But I want to backtrack. That verse is so powerful. It's my favorite verse in this entire chapter where Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, I give to you. That grabs a hold of my heart today because we are surrounded by crippled, broken people. They're crippled in life. They're crippled in their family. They're crippled emotionally, physically, spiritually. And Peter had enough inside of him. He didn't have any money, but he had something that money could not buy because of Jesus. So for him to be able to tell this man, what I do have, I give to you. I can't help but wonder if I were to come across a situation, would I have to tell somebody, hey, I have some silver and gold for you because I don't have anything else that can help you. But you know what? When you're a believer, God lives on the inside of you. You have so much more inside of you than you realized. Peter was not an expert theologian at this point of his life. He was a man who's still walking with the Lord. It wasn't that long in his past that he had denied Jesus three times, got restored, and now God is using him. And of course, you know that he was at a place of complete reliance on Jesus. What I do have, I give to you. My prayer today is for all of us, is that we would recognize that God lives inside of us. Because he lives inside of us, we have what this broken, crippled world needs. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you that you gave us your son. We were crippled. We were broken by life. We were lost and undone without you, completely alienated. And yet at the right time, you sent your son to the earth and he walked among us. He died for our sins. He was raised from the dead and now he lives on the inside of us. So now we can say to crippled and broken and hurting people, what we do have, we give to you. Father, I pray that you would open up our eyes so we can see the different opportunities and times where we can give Jesus to other people. Draw us close to you by the presence of your Holy Spirit and reveal your Son to us. We love you, and we ask all of these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. I do have to close today's episode by saying, if you're at a place in life where you're really feeling crippled and maybe you're confused or you're hurting, I want to encourage you to reach out to somebody, go, whether it's your pastor or a friend, and if you don't feel like you have anyone to talk to, please send me a message. I would love to communicate with you. I want to be able to pray with you and encourage you. You can reach out to me by going to my website at randygudo.com and on my homepage, scroll to the bottom, and there's an area where you can send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Everyone, I'm praying for you. Please continue to pray for me. Have a great day, everyone, and I will see you tomorrow with day 157.